Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast. I created this podcast along with my blog and brand to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life. I truly believe that we all have the power to live a life we love, and to do so, it's so important to be in tune with ourselves and be open to growing and evolving. I believe that once we can trust ourselves and our vision, that's when we can thrive. So with this podcast, I plan to discuss all things to do with self-reflection, personal growth, mindsets, and self-belief, all aspects that affect us in our everyday life. If you feel connected to my message and want to listen more often, I will be sharing one podcast a week, so make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of the show. This week's episode is focused on mindfulness, Reiki energy healing, working through energetic blockages, and so much more. So I want to introduce this week's guest. Her name is Shannon Werner. Shannon L. Werner is a systems biologist with a PhD. She's a Reiki energy healer, transformational nutrition coach, and founder of Relevate, a San Diego-based bar and Pilates studio. Shannon believes in food as medicine, the healing power of movement and community, and that the future of holistic healing lies in bridging science and spirituality. You can connect with Shannon on Instagram at shannon.werner and at relevate.life. And the website for Relevate is relevate.life. And all that information will be in the description of this episode. Shannon really has an amazing story. She talks a lot about how she bridges Western and Eastern medicine. And she grew up with more than just a love for science. You know, she was always passionate about mindfulness, spirituality, and she's learned to combine her knowledge, her skills, and her passion to now do so much more than just be a biologist. This is definitely a lengthy interview, so I want to get right into it. If you want to hear some of my favorite takeaways from this episode, feel free to stick around until after the interview. So let's get right into it with Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Hi, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here to speak with you and share with your listeners as well. Awesome. I'm excited. So can you start off telling us a little more about yourself and what it is that you do? Yes. So my name is Shannon Werner. I am located in San Diego, California, beautiful San Diego. And I am the owner and founder of a bar, Pilates, and energy healing studio called Relevate. And um, I've been in business for about three years now. And prior to that, I was a scientist. I worked as a cancer biologist in the pharmaceutical industry, working on drug development and cancer diagnostic development, and then took the dive into uh, starting my own business. So it's been quite the transition (laughs) in the last several years. That's amazing. I didn't know you were Um, a scientist before. Can you tell us a little more about how that inspired you to maybe start Relevate and just leading up to that? 
You bet. So I always have felt really strongly about just learning. I've always loved learning. When it came to school, I wanted to take all the classes and all the extracurriculars, and I found that I loved science a lot. I was really inspired by not only the human body, but the human condition, psychology, um, what makes people tick and how they think. And I went into college actually at a crossroads. I also was really interested and deeply into music as a child. And so there was this divide of wanting to do all the things and couldn't, couldn't fit it all in. And so I made the decision that, you know, you get influence from family and society that science may be a better option. (laughs) So I went through college and I did chemistry major and I was fascinated. I was just fascinated with um, just understanding what makes the human body work at like a molecular and chemical level. And then I decided to go to graduate school and I went here at UCSD and got a degree in my PhD in something called systems biology. And this isn't something that a lot of people talk about, but the idea behind systems biology is that you use both an experimental approach and a computational approach to try and understand how, for example, certain cell signaling systems work. So imagine you have a cell in your body and in order for it to function, it needs to have a signaling network, basically put signals all across the cells just to tell itself how to function and then talk to other cells how it should function. And then you can imagine that networks form and forms the organs and body systems, all of that. But what I, stepping back from that, what I appreciated about that was that the, anytime we looked at something very small within the cell, like say very specific small parts, when you put all those parts together and they talk to each other, you would get a network and a system that was much larger than the sum of its parts. And this will very much connect into what I do now. If you're like, how is this gonna connect to Relevate? <laughs> but so that's what I was really interested in is that you could study something at the deepest level possible, like at the cellular molecular level. And then when you extract more and more information and gather that information and put it together, you learn insights that you may never ever learn otherwise. And that to me was fascinating. So I went through my PhD program and a lot of the work I did was on cancer biology. And so I ended up going into that field and I found that in that field, I really wanted to be of service and help people. And I felt in that field, I was about 10,000 steps removed from actually being of service to human beings. And as much as I loved the idea of cancer diagnostics and drugs, helping people heal. At the same time as after I finished graduate school, I had my own health crash, complete crash. And that's a long other story. But essentially what I learned is that the what helped me heal was movement and uh, naturopathic medicine. So much more holistic approach and meditation and self-discovery and really trying to understand who I was. And what I realized was my health crash was very much a spiritual disease for me. And so as I'm going down this path in parallel, trying to heal myself in working a really high stress corporate job, I was just finding that 
these two things were not jiving with one another, just like my passion for music and the arts and creativity and the path of science. It was like two different interests that seemingly separate and I was choosing one over the other and wasn't honoring all parts of myself. And it was the same at this decision point between science and really being interested in teaching movement. I had a yoga certification at the time, um, music, dance, all, all of these artistic, creative things that I was interested in. All I was focusing on was my career. And so I decided that with my health crash, I really had to listen to my body and start listening to my soul. And it was telling me there's something else here for you in this lifetime. And so I ended up leaving my corporate career in 2015. So it's almost been four years now and ended up before Relevate started um, teaching full time at a local San Diego bar studio, managing the studio. And I started nutrition coaching. So took the jump almost four years ago. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I love stories like that because, you know, if anyone saw you and what you're doing, they would never know, obviously, like everything you had been through. And the fact that you found such a beautiful path from a hard time you went through and decided to change your life and to see maybe that hardship and health struggles you went through as a sign to really reflect and try to understand yourself better. I think that's super inspiring. Of course. And so can you talk a little more just about the energy healing that you do and you work with? Yes. So I'm a Reiki energy healer. And, you know, it's what's interesting with energy healing is that what I find is that we're, it, I think it's a spectrum. So energy healing, just like energy itself, is, is vast, is huge. So when we think of energy healings, there are several different types of modalities. Reiki is one, which I'll explain in a moment, which is one. There's shamanic energy healing. There's all sorts of connections. There are people who have intuitive capacities, the different clairsenses, clairvoyant, clairsentient. People have a lot of different ways to tap into energy and to facilitate and flow that energy through themselves as practitioners to assist in the healing of the recipient. For me, it's a blend of a lot of different modalities. So, but I think for the rest of the world, when I say Reiki, it's something that's more known than other ways that I could describe it. But Reiki energy healing is essentially a Japanese technique. It is a form of channeling universal life force energy. So this idea of universal life force energy, thinking that everything that we see, we feel, we experience is energy in its basis, in its essence. So even the rock that you pick up, the ocean that you look at, the sky that you see, we think all of these things are actual physical manifestations that can touch sense. But from like a quantum physics perspective, there's it's really all just energy. And if we go real deep, it's so like a projected hologram. Like we think that it's all, all of this is solid things that we can see, touch, experience, like our house, food, etc. But really everything is just energy waves. And so when as a practitioner, you can become attuned to, or maybe you already have that deep, deeper connection at an energetic level where you can harness that energetic power and facilitate it towards directing it towards a recipient or oneself. So this universal life force that comes from everywhere and 
up, down, all around, from within, without, is something that as a practitioner, tr practitioner, I can channel through my body and through my hands to the recipient. And the beauty of Reiki energy healing is that you don't have to be in the same room. You don't have to be on the massage table with me. Uh, you could be across the world to receive. And that, that to me is, has always been fascinating. But the idea between energy behind energy healing is if you think of the body as, of course, a physical structure that has cells and organs that work together, communicate to uh, allow you to live your life. At the very essence, just like I mentioned before, we're energetic beings. And so if you think of the, the body or one's physical existence having so many different layers, like there's the physical, the body, there's the mental, there's the thoughts, there is the emotional, there's the spiritual body. And then I think at the widest level is this, the energy and energetic body. And we all feel as we move through life, like, wow, I feel so low energy today. Oh, I feel really inspired. I feel really stoked on life today. We can feel our energy systems. And so when energy systems are either what I call blocked or clogged or stagnated, this can be from the food we eat that we choose to eat or not to eat if it's not serving our greater well-being if it's thoughts or emotions that we're maybe ignoring or choosing not to feel we can create energy blockages or like in my case i went down a path for almost the first 30 plus years of my life pursuing a career that wasn't necessarily in line with my soul and with my spirit and so this can create either or manifest as simple as aches and pains, digestive disorder, um, more severe chronic illnesses. And I'm not by any means a doctor saying that, you know, energy healing is going to cure you of whatever you're dealing with. But what I am saying is that when we have imbalances in the body, it's important to look at them from a physical level, the level of emotion and what mindset we might have that could contribute to an imbalance in your body. And then also from an energetic um, part of your body. And so energy healing seeks to address the energy aspects. So say, for example, Tara, if I brought you to my um, Reiki room, I would lay you down on the massage table and we, and I would hear, I would listen to you. I would ask you, I'd say, you know, what are you experiencing in your life right now that is either causing tension, disease, or anything that you'd like to bring up? And you would share with me at whatever level feels comfortable for you, what you're going through. And as a practitioner, Part of what's not necessarily Reiki that I have the capacity to do is intuitively kind of feel into your energetic signature and see and feel into where the blockages reside in the body and also from a space of where to treat. So this modality can be hands-on. It can be hands hovered. And like I said, you could do distance. So I could have someone across the world receiving treatment and I'm like using my body as a surrogate, as a mimic to to give the energy healing to that person. And so, so throughout the, the time on the table, me tapping in to not just my energy, but the, your energy, the energy in the room and potentially other beings, for example, um, any spirit guides, any um, animal spirits, things that, and protectors of your energy and your spirit that are your 
I say spiritual family that come into the room to be of support of you during this time. We all work together as a team. So it's not just me. It's not just you. It's not just the guides. It's all of us. And this is where I go back to this idea of like the systems biology. What I studied before is that we can think of ourselves as all separate and little parts moving all alone. But when we work together and we can create something more beautiful in terms of healing, that's greater than the sum of our parts. So throughout this session, I'm feeling and listening in based on what you've shared and then also feeling in intuitively where in the parts of the body I can feel there's energetic blockages and I'll lay my hands on there. And the recipient, you know, I like to say, keep your mind open because you'll read all sorts of things on the internet or you'll hear your best friend went, she's like, oh my God, I had an out of, out of body experience. They're like, okay, great. And, but I always say, leave yourself open to whatever is here for you to experience. So, but I will say, my clients have felt warmth, they've felt vibrational energy, they've felt immediate sense of peace. Sometimes they feel freezing. Sometimes they see things, they see colors, they see images, visions of their past, their present, or even their future. Um, they may get visits from people of their past. I mean, it really depends on every single person. There's no cookie cutter response here. But, uh, and then I, at the same time as the practitioner, will get visions, things that I see, or I'll see a color. Or for example, there was a time I had my hand on one of my client's left knee. And all I heard in my right ear was an anti-inflammatory diet. I mean, it was like, whoa. And then I share <laughs> these things at the end and she starts crying like, oh my God, I've been so inflamed. And my doctor has told me I really need to be on an anti-inflammatory diet. Can you tell me about that? It's like, yeah, sure. So things will come through that to me make absolutely zero sense, but just trusting my intuition and sharing it with the person. And they're like a lot, almost all the time. They're like, oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. And we go deeper. So like I said, the, the recipient can feel all sorts of things, but really a sense of peace, of calming, of pain reduction, uh, serenity is usually what's felt on the table. And then at the end of the session, after I've worked all throughout the body, I'll do a sound healing. And that will, depending on the person, involve different instruments um, to bring balance and, and peace and a sense of integration back into the body before I call the individual's consciousness back into the body then he or she rises up and then we have a discussion like what do I see what did they see we kind of integrate and download the experience and really I like to say in these sessions at the end it's like what will you experience in the next couple of days could be an energetic release could be a lot of emotional release uh, just the other day I got a DM from a client who I saw maybe two months ago and everything we talked about she had massive transformation it was like she was looking to find a new career. She found a new job, got promoted right away, you know, spoke her truth in areas of her life. She felt really nervous about it. It was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it, it's such an honor. Like, it's such an honor to work with clients as they, and people as they're going through shifts in their life. And I am simply a conduit of energy and healing and love and compassion for that person so that they can open themselves up to doing the work. And that's one thing I want to share about energy work is a lot of times as recipients, we go in, me included in the past, I go in and say, fix me, <laughs> you know, heal me. And really <laughs> my job as a healer is that I'm not really doing anything to heal the person. It's that I'm holding space 
and I'm creating a space and a container for the person to feel seen, heard, loved, and supported to begin to open up the channels for healing to begin to happen. But really, it's the recipient and the person themselves that does the work. But it's totally an honor to be a bridge between the energy world and the physical world. Then, um, no, I'm not saying it's better or anything or worse or anything like that, but it's just a little different. I add a lot of components to, to my sessions. That's so. fascinating. And I think it's even more interesting that you have that background in that field and you're really educated on the science part of it so that you know, you kind of see both perspectives because I'm sure you have people who come into who maybe are a little more, you know, they're not as open-minded and they think, okay, like, what is this going to do? Or they're more used to like, give me the medical stuff, give me pills, whatever will help me. And so it's really interesting to hear that. Yeah. Have you experienced that? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I feel like where I can be most of service in the world is that bridge between West and East. Because I 100% agree. Like, I have a lot of scientist friends that they see where I've gone and they kind of give me the side eye, like, really? Like, really now? Um, and what I like to do is say, like, say, for example, for any scientist listening to this or the analytical minded people, and I'm one of those people, I'm super skeptical. I like to experience things myself before I just, you know, blindly accept. So I'll le- let's say that for sure. But as a scientist, one of the things I feel really strongly about and I feel like science in general has gotten away from, and I'll talk about why I think that's the case in a second, is that, of course, there's a scientific method, right? There's creating a hypothesis. This is what I think could be happening. This is what some evidence tells me could be happening. And then we build experiments to test said hypothesis. And then when we gain lots and lots of evidence, we can begin to create a line of story that is in congruence. It makes sense. And then we keep building and building work on top of that. What I found in long time being in the academic world and working in in industry, pharmaceutical industry, biotech industry, is there's more than just the love for science behind this, right? There's money, there's the need to do business, there's investors, there's a lot at play. So it's not as simple as we're here to cure cancer. We're here to create a drug that's going to truly help people. There's a lot more at play. And I think it's important to for all sides to be honest about that. So sometimes, for example, like times when I was at work and even in graduate school, there would be times where like, oh, man, I really, really want to redo that experiment like four times or really make sure I know what's going on. And there wouldn't always be time for that. And we'd just have to keep going. And so... What I like to say to my scientists is remember the time where you are really fueled by curiosity. And there are times, especially when we're at the beginning of our training as scientists, we are so fueled by curiosity and learning and we're, we're not as influenced by the other things around us. Like, I need to get this paper out because I need to graduate or I need to get this experiments done because we need to please our investors just like straight up real talk. Like we were really interested in science at a fundamental level. And so what I like to say now is, okay, say energy healing. You don't have any evidence in your life to say that it works or it doesn't. But what if you step back into your science role before you had an idea if any of your hypotheses were right, you did an experiment, right? So I like to encourage people to get direct experience and to try it for themselves and to suspend their disbelief 
so that they may gain evidence for themselves or not. You know, it's to me, you we can read things and this everything's available by the internet. I mean, I grew up like when I was younger, there's no such thing as what we have now. So it was like, wow, it's amazing to have so much information at our fingertips. But I feel like it's easy to be intellectually lazy and just read things and say, oh, well, this is true or this is not true, as opposed to having an open mind, which the science world and the analytical world, it's like we all benefit from having an open mind to try something and get that direct experience. And then from there, okay, yes, this resonates. No, it doesn't resonate. That's what, that's what I really recommend to people who are more on the analytical science bent. It's like, we got to build this evidence because if we're constantly spending time saying, no, this can't be true, no, this is a sham, we'll never be able to move forward in this way. And it's going to be an us versus them mentality. And I personally find that there's vast value in Western medicine and in medicine in general and vast value in spiritual medicine and naturopathic medicine and holistic medicine. And when we come together and communicate and really try and understand each other, that's when we go back to the the sum where we find something more beautiful. It's like greater than the sum of its parts, just like what my degree in systems biology is all about. So I really feel that it's important rather than being like dissing things right away is can you be open? It's funny, like I am I do a lot of breath work and some of my facilitator friends are like way on the spiritual side and I have a couple of them that are like data analysts, scientists themselves. And recently, uh, like a pretty higher up person at a big pharmaceutical company went to his breath work event and was kind of like, hmm, yeah, we'll see. And then left at the end, a total convert, total believer, like, wow, my life has been changed. And those are the types of scientists I'm like, yes, like, emulate this guy like totally open to try something new and be willing to have your life be moved a little bit or totally blasted open and changed and that's what i'm seeing is really a need at this time in our culture is to rather than just read things and dismiss and throw it throw it away as is like garbage or sham medicine or fake or too woo woo is that we suspend our disbelief and say hey like maybe i could try a sound bath maybe i could try learning how to breathe a little better. Maybe I could go to an energy healer and just experience it and decide with actual evidence rather than, you know, judgment. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. And that makes me think of that Aristotle quote that says, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Because it's so important. I think we all have, you know, somewhat of a stereotype of like energy healing. We think of like these hippies and movies. And then we think of doctors who only believe in this type of medicine. And so it's not so black and white. And so that's why, yeah, and that's why I really admire what you do because I find it fascinating that you find that balance and you're very open to realizing that both can be helpful. It's not so simple. And so I'm curious if you were very skeptical going into Reiki energy healing and if there was a specific moment you don't mind sharing that maybe shifted your mindset to being more open on it. Mm, Wonderful question. So I would say that I've always been woo-woo like, since I was a child. Like really, really on the like being up all night long, just looking out the window and like feeling like maybe I'm not from this planet <laughs> and just looking at the stars and being like, whoa, like where, and just really pondering at a big level. I remember feeling like as a young child, like try, I don't know how to describe it, like trying to process like 
why am I here? And like, just feeling my mind expand out and just like, whoa, like, where's my brain right now? It's Children are like very naturally intuitive and in tune to like the collective and energy and things like that. And I think I was naturally tapped in, but I grew up in a family where mm, being a highly sensitive child was not necessarily um, celebrated. So it was kind of stamped out on me a little bit this like being emotional being curious you know I was kind of like kind of massaged and groomed into the more analytical hardness I grew up on the east coast so it's like you know get it done hard work ethic things like that which still I deal with today but there was always a part of me that felt connected to spirit and nature and something much bigger than myself and all growing up, and this is what I feel like as, you know, I'm 38, almost 39 now, this is what I'm currently healing, is that disconnect, I disconnected myself from that for so long. And, but always I felt connected to it. So when my health really severely crashed back in 2010, I, it was almost like this intuitive knowing that the ways I had been pursuing my life, which were perfectionism, you know, valedictorian, must be best at everything, must have all the jobs, 10 hobbies, doing everything at such like a high performance level that I totally didn't pay attention to my needs, my emotions, my intuition, that when everything came crashing down, I realized that that path was not sustainable. I wouldn't survive. Like I was very sick. And so it's like, okay, well, what are my tools? And the first tool that came back into my life was movement, was yoga, and finding the connection to breath, to movement. And then, and this is what I find to be the trajectory for a lot of people. They start in movement, maybe a mindful movement modality like yoga, dance, Pilates, and they start to connect breath with movement, and then they're starting to feel again. And then once I'm starting to connect to my feelings, then there's more getting kind of diving deeper. Like, okay, well, how am I feeling? I'm not sure. I think I'm blocking myself. Okay, meditation. Okay, like starting to get into meditation. And then with that, now I feel like, especially living in Southern California, we're so lucky to have so many healing modalities, like Mm -hmm. at the tip of our fingertips everywhere. So then came sound baths because I love music. Like, yes, sound, sound, sound. Great. And then a friend of mine who's a really good friend is a Reiki master. She's an intuitive and a clairvoyant. And we did a collaboration and we did a retreat together almost three years ago. And I went and taught at her retreat and she said, Hey, like, I'd like to attune you to Reiki. And I was like, what's Reiki? <laughs> you know. But I was curious because that little child in me that stared out at the stars when I was like five years old was like, it was just this intuitive knowing like, yes, like this is what you must do. Even though my analytical mind was like, no, what, 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 what is this? What is this? You know what? And the, meanwhile, she gave me a treatment of her own special blend of energy healing and intuitive channeling and things like that. And my mind was absolutely blown tears streaming down my face. Like she knew all these things about me that, you know, only I know it's like, Whoa. So I feel like there's always been this like little child in me that wants to play and explore and like, energy healing to me and sound and all this, all the vibrational aspects of like movement, breathing, energy work, sound, dance, all that, like very much calls to my inner child and is like, yes, like this is why I'm here on this planet. So there was never any resistance for me. The resistance came 
in how I showed up in the world. And I feel like most of my life, I lived double lives, right? I lived as a scientist and a musician, but I kind of divorced those parts of myself. And then later I taught movement, but was still a scientist. I divorced those two parts. It was like I was looking through different lenses whenever I was in each of those roles. And then later left the science, but now it's like, now I'm a business owner. I teach movement, but I'm still super woo on the inside. And I teach bar and Pilates, right? And those worlds aren't necessarily connected to the spirit world yet, although I'm trying to change that. <laughs> and then I'm like, even now, like, it's like, oh, can I integrate all of these parts of myself? And how do I do that and show up in the world, especially now with social media being everyone's eyes are on you all the time? How do you show up? with very interesting aspects to yourself and honestly and this is the the negative belief that I've held is like and people might think you're a freak or like kind of weird like you like all those like who are you you think you're a scientist but you're like a healer and like you teach movement but you're doing breath work. it's like there's all the parts like can blend together but I look at it it's like how do I show up and it's always go back goes back to this core wound of like will you be received and loved and seen and celebrated you know so there's always been kind of this fear of like putting myself out there like all the woo parts of me because it's like oh well what if some of my clients like are like oh weird <laughs> and like walk away so I think that's where resistance comes and I think there's a lot of people like healing those aspects of themselves right now like how do I show up exactly as I am all parts of myself and own it and rock it and trust that the people who are meant to be on the path of me and ride on my boat are going to get on and the ones who it doesn't resonate for you wish them well so I think that's where my resistance has come from more in like how you put yourself out in the world when I come from such a background where it's like you know not as received as well or not taken seriously mm -hmm. and that's beautiful thank you for being so honest about that because it's so easy to be put in a box like I said you know like oh you're a scientist or engineer you're in the stem field and you're interested in being creative and spiritual like which is such an old school mindset I mean some people still feel that way and for someone like you to be like hey I can be interested in all of this you know humans are more complex than we think and so I think that's great that you do that and so I'm really interested in your thoughts on connecting the mind, body, and soul and taking care of all those aspects and parts of ourselves because, you know, we can exercise, we can take care of our physical body, but if we don't reflect and deal with our emotions, then we won't feel as well-rounded. Or if we reflect on our emotions, but, or we get enough sleep and we're eating like crap, we wonder why we're still so tired. It's because we're not really touching all those aspects. So how important do you believe it is to find that balance? Mm. Such a huge question and a beautiful question. What I find is this question is something that is addressed for humans throughout their entire lifetime. And I feel like when I think of it from this perspective, it takes a lot of pressure off. Like we live in a world now where it's amazing to me. Like I, w I became gluten-free by necessity almost 10 years ago when I became sick, there was, there were like zero resources, right? Back then. And now it's like, there's so many resources. It's like, yes, I feel so supported. And 
extending that, for example, like I want to learn breath work. There's 500 different ways to practice breath. There's you want you holistic skincare. Okay, go do that. Like do this. There's like so much information out there. And so now this goal to strive and achieve for balance is this massive goal. And we are so inundated with information and many people's opinion, and I'll say opinion very strongly, of how you get there when truthfully the power resides in yourself. 100% in yourself. And we live in a time where we seek without to try to heal within. And really it should be seek within to heal within so that we can connect without outside of ourselves from a deeper Mm -hmm. level. And so when it comes to really what I, the journey, this has been my journey. It was first I found movement as healing. So it started, you know, back in graduate school, I was a long distance runner, triathlete, swimmer, cyclist, did all the things, loved movement, loved the connection of all the crazy triathletes I hung out with and worked out with and raced with. And it was about movement plus community equaled a very happy heart for me. And then as time went on and my my life changed where I couldn't do this crazy training anymore, it was too excessive for my body at the time and my nervous system. And then my health crashed. I was like, okay, now I'm in a season of learning how to nourish myself. You know, another long story is a very long history of having, you know, poor relationship to my body and to food. And then there was another season later on of like, how do I address? my needs from a more like mental emotional level and then now it's like spiritual so what i'm going to say here is that we go through seasons and there's this huge pressure i feel like to find balance but do we ever find it that's my question is that really the goal or is it consistently checking in with yourself and saying oh wow i'm just really burning the candle with work and working out i'm like really pushing my nervous system right now. I am very stressed. How can I, it's not try to find balance in the other way because that naturally assumes is a pendulum that just keeps swinging widely. And we never really get to that harmonious balance point because to me that harmonious balance point is the Buddha that's sitting on top of the mountain who doesn't need to be in reality in, you know, with Instagram and um, traffic and, you know, all these people telling you what they think about you and politics and the world. And, you know, it's, we live in a culture where like that sense of balance and constant single pointed focus and meditation 24 seven is not possible. So how do we check in with ourselves to begin to understand at any given time, what is it that we need? And this is what I very much teach at my bar and Pilates classes at Relevate and my studio here in San Diego. It's that when you're coming into class on any given day, first thing we do is we move our bodies a little bit. And I say, what? And I even said this this morning, very early. I said, take inventory of your body. How does your physical body feel? Your hamstrings, your back, your right shoulder. 
How does your breath feel? And it's just like going in and checking on like, oh, wow, my low back is actually really hurting. Like, huh, maybe I should slow down. And every exercise I offer and teach has several different options and it's all an invitation. So what I like to teach people is that movement is an invitation to explore yourself and to explore your physical body and the flow of energy throughout your body so that you may create an experience in that hour or however long the class is to create something that feels nourishing for you and for example isn't another hour like booty kicking workout that's going to totally take down your nervous system after you just spent eight hours in meetings and rushing against traffic. So empowering people to take control, have the power to make decisions for themselves and create their own movement experience based on what they need in that moment. Same goes for checking in on your mind. Like at any given moment, can you take a pause? Where is my mind right now? Okay. I'm feeling really disjointed I'm feeling scattered I'm feeling upset and angry with my clients that I coach like life coaching nutrition coaching can you take a step back and in this moment ask yourself what do I need right now can you take five deep breaths connect into your heart and ask yourself if I could have anything I wanted in this moment to feel more at ease what would it be and a lot of times it's I just need some space I want to go for a walk. I need some sunshine. I need a hug. I need to laugh. And it's like connecting with this like deeper core, like simplicity level of like what we need in any given moment. And to me, that's what helps us bring ourselves back on the path. And I won't say to balance by any means, but brings us back to an energy level where we can, you know, address and face and deal with what we have in front of us without this huge pressure of like, oh my God, I need to go do my workout class today. I need to go get my facial. I need to go do this thing. We, we, what I find is that this holistic wellness movement is just, it's turning into all of these checkboxes where it's like, if I don't get all these things in, I'm not balanced. It's too much. It's like, how can we, and especially American culture, it's like, you got to do all the things now. It's like if you're not going to breath work and you're not going to kundalini class and you're not getting your bar class in and your Pilates class and your kickboxing and your spin class and all that and you're not meditating 10 times a day and you're not eating your kale salad and it's like you're not ever going to become spiritual. It's like, well, hold up. <laughs> you are a spiritual person in a physical body. There's no way you can do this wrong unless you're over uh, overdoing, like overstimulating. And we can totally overstimulate ourselves doing all of the quote unquote healthy things, right? So I'm, I'm tr always trying to teach people like, how can you note what in this moment on today, Wednesday, the 20th of November, how can you decide I need a bre deep breath right now? I need a hug. I need to talk to my best friend and cry. I need to eat something that makes me feel energized rather than I ate like pizza five days in a row. You know what I mean? It's like, or just, just checking in with like what you need in that given moment rather than forcing yourself continuously to like must check all these boxes off because it creates more stress than it's worth. I completely agree. And even just the fact that we're all so different, not everyone feels great doing yoga or cycling or running like and people are so often are telling other people what to do or what's going to fix them and make them feel better. When like you said, it's so it's so subjective and it just really depends on the person. 
And so I completely agree with you about self-reflecting and constantly checking in with yourself and that it's not a destination. It's not like, oh, you've reached this level of wellness and everything's great and you're always peaceful. And so I want to ask you about patience and how important you believe for someone who is, you know, trying to better themselves and practice that wellness and be healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And, you know, they have those hard days. They feel like everything has to be perfect. And, you know, they didn't go to that workout class or they didn't meditate. How important do you believe it is to be patient with yourself and understand that it's an ongoing process? It is the most important part. Patience and self-compassion are two very, very important tools to have in our toolbox because one thing I've noticed, it's the advent of the wellness movement, and certainly I'm not bashing it because I'm in it. (laughs) Very much my business is a wellness business and how I serve and I'm of service in the world is very much from a wellness perspective. But with the amount of things out there and with social media culture where you're constantly being invited, and I'll use the word invite very consciously, you're being invited to do new things all the time. And when we see certain images of, say, an event with all of these people moving and everyone smiling and um, holding up a mocktail and they have the glistening of sweat and it's just like, whoa, that looks like my people. Like, I want to go do that. And say here in San Diego, there's like five of those events a day. You can constantly be comparison, comparing yourself. And what is the quote? Comparison is the thief of joy. And I don't recall who said that, but someone said it, not me. <laughs> so it's not my quote where it's easy to look again, like outside of ourselves and see, oh, this influencer is wellness or this, my best friend who's like a wellness blogger, oh, she's wellness or this person doing this form of exercise and eating this type of way, that's wellness. And so it's really easy for us to compare and say, oh, well, if I'm not doing that exactly as that person's doing, oh, and look at her, like, she looks like she has the body type I want, and look at all her pictures, she has, like, she looks so happy, like, we live in a culture where we're not being really truthful with each other first about how our days are actually going, right, like, I don't think Mm -hmm. everyone has their, their, like, I don't think a day for everyone looks like their Instagram feed, Right. (laughs) So it's easy for us to compare and say, oh, my gosh, I didn't work out today. I didn't I don't feel good about myself. Like it's really easy to slide down. And what I like to tell people is like, take a step back and ask yourself, what brought you to this moment in your day today? Reflect, like say for an example, Maybe you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe you woke up and had a fight with your partner. Maybe you spilled coffee all down your shirt. Maybe you were stuck in traffic. Maybe you had a miscommunication with a colleague. Maybe a business deal fell through. Can you reflect on what's on your plate and be really honest about it and ask yourself, if my friend or someone I really care about came to me and was beating him or herself up about how they weren't doing all the things in light of what they're going through, what would I say to them? I wouldn't say, man, you suck. <laughs> you know, I would say, wow, I'm, I'm hearing that you're going through in a very intense time. What can I do to support you? How can I support you right now? And so I invite myself to say this all the time. I invite the listeners. I invite all my clients like, to, to think in this way. Like, If you can honestly take a look at your day 
and turn off all the things you see externally and say, you know what? I kind of had a rough day. How, what can I do to support myself right now? Is it actually, you know, scheduling five more like exercise classes to like burn off steam? Maybe that's what I need. Maybe I have all this energy I need to burn up. Or maybe it's I'm going to go home and get in my pajamas and cuddle up and relax. And it's again, it's like going inside and, and saying like, what is it that I truly need? And it takes so much courage now to do that. Like, I, I feel like we say it, like, can you go inside and just ask the question? It takes immense courage and, and commitment to do that continuously because we have constantly in like, input, visual input from being online, on computers, from other people in our lives that quote unquote are living their best life or whatever. All this information is coming at us like this is how it's done. When, like I said, the best teacher is inside yourself. And I feel like as a facilitator and as a teacher, I'm a guide, but only to a certain point. And my guides, I can be the best teacher and facilitator when I teach you how to listen to yourself. Because eventually, like I don't, not that I want my clients to ever leave, of course, but it's like if my goal isn't to keep you like attached to me or reliant on me. My goal is to make sure that you can ask yourself the questions and that you can begin to have the courage to listen and then take steps to give yourself what you need in that moment. And if it's impossible, that's when you ask for help and that's when you ask, ask for support, whether it's from a friend who you really know you can rely on, from a teacher, a facilitator, an energy healer, a therapist, a parent, if you feel like you have that good relationship, like how can you ask for support? And I think that's the other piece. Like, when we're going through a rough time, can we ask ourselves what's going on and then have the courage to ask for help and not go to something external from ourselves like a, a guru or an influencer or something else to be like, oh, well, this makes her feel good, so I'm going to do it too. Like, no, like, can we really be vulnerable and ask for support? Like, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm about to cry and really let go of something. Can, can you be here to support me? And I think that is what pushes the needle further in like building this like reservoir of compassion for yourself because you know, there are going to be days where this checklist isn't going to get done. And frankly, it's most days. It's not going to go as perfectly as we feel and want, right? We come back to it and say, it what does it mean? And I always say, like, when I'm 95 and I look back on my life, am I going to remember any of the checkboxes? No, not. I'm going to remember what I'm going to remember mm -hmm. is how I felt about myself, my relationships, my connections to other people, and really the little details that aren't even there. So I try to keep that bigger perspective that this little, like, funnel that I'm looking through this little kaleidoscope is only showing me certain colors at the moment but really if I took take my eyes away from it and look like 360 degrees around there's so many other options and it's not just one way of living my life that can make me feel better or um, allow myself to feel more connected a hundred percent and even just I, I agree with you and like the whole idea that problems that seem like the end of the world right now won't matter like tomorrow or in a year from now you know so I I completely agree with that and I'm curious when it comes to Reiki energy healing 
For someone who is really interested in trying it out, but maybe they're hesitant or they don't feel ready or maybe they don't have the resources, what are some other tools or techniques they can use that you found to be helpful when it comes to connecting with themselves and finding that similar type of piece? Mm, Beautiful question. So one of my favorites, it is absolutely free. Get out in nature. Nature has been and will forever be, for me, my greatest teacher. Because if you think about even like the cresting of a wave, like the power of the ocean, right? You can like water is inherently soft and it can also flood and like create so much havoc, right? So there's so many lessons to be learned in nature, being in nature. And a lot of times we are we feel like we're so busy that we can't even take a walk down the street or catch a sunset or you know, even a sunrise if we're up early. And the moments where I've found so much peace is when I'm bare feet in the grass or in the sand and I'm watching a sunset and I'm just connecting with that moment, like witnessing beauty. And that's the the other thing, like nature in its cycles, right, of birth and death, like all the seasons and the fact that it can be so like, nurturing and life-giving and also like storm patterns can take life away and be really destructive I like to be in it and feel it and feel all both of them right like be I am I'm really into Wim Hof breathing and ice bath cold exposure and like sitting in an ice bath that's nature and that is so humbling to sit in that ice bath and to think something that's water and ice can humble me as a human so much and bring me back to my present moment for sure (laughs) that that'll get me there you know just something as, as simple as that can reconnect you to the present moment so there's that I find like nature is beautiful and At the most fundamental level, energy healing and energy work is so connected to nature. It's unbelievable, right? Because everything in nature is energy. So we can begin to connect with the deeper levels of energy just by witnessing nature around us. So getting out into the trees, hug a few trees, (laughs) put your feet in the water, put your feet on the grass. And rather than numb ourselves with like music and music I use as a tool for healing too but sometimes we use tools to not pay attention right so no music no talking no to just being out there and looking around like notice a bug crawl across the ground like watch a wave roll in watch the trees rustle and really listen to the song that they sing right you can really begin to be taken aback by the breathtaking nature of nature so there's that Uh, Another path that I think is really welcoming for getting into the energy realms is is sound healings. And so when you go to a sound healing, for example, and all of them are different, of course, you go into a room and you bring your yoga mat or a mat and some pillows and a blanket and you're basically going to lay down (laughs) and receive sound. And the practitioner and the maybe there's multiple will be playing all sorts of instruments, anywhere from gongs to flutes to crystal balls to chimes. I mean, there's so many different ones. And what they do is they create a soundscape. It's a landscape of sound. And again, it's tapping into the vibrational nature of your energy body. And so all you have to do is lay there and receive. And there, I think 
maybe I could be wrong. I think most, maybe that's a good enough descriptor. Most people enjoy sound music. I know there's some people that don't like music and that's okay. Um, but laying down and receiving sound is very simple. It might cost a little bit of money, but <laughs> not too much. And you can really begin, people have really profound experiences in sound healings, whether it's vibrational, whether it's meditation, whether it's tapping into intuition, or they just fall asleep and take a really good nap. <laughs> like That's also highly beneficial. So there's that. So eat like nature, sound healings, like allowing yourself to experience energy through sound. Like I always say, go take a path where there's something that's slightly familiar to you. And here's an example. So I created a class at my studio called Relevate and Reiki. And it's a 90-minute experience. It's 45 minutes of bar, Pilates, sculpt, cardio. I mean, anyone that would walk in off the street would be like, yep, I just got my booty kicked in that class. It would be very familiar in terms of movement and working out. And then I take people into a 45-minute yin uh, yin yoga, and as they're resting in postures, I go around and give everyone two to three to four minutes of Reiki. And it's been a beautiful experience. Clients who had never come to me just, just for Reiki, they'd be like, eh, they'd side-eye me and be like, eh, I don't know about that. Come to this class, and now they come every time. So my, what I care a lot about doing is I, I call, like, call it like culture jamming or like mash, mashups or whatever, where I mash up experiences where something's familiar and it's welcoming. And then you're inserting something that's a little bit, not off the cuff necessarily, but a little bit different. So it'll be like sound healing or a little bit of energy healing or, you know, people aren't into journaling or reflection. It's like, okay, we're going to move and then we're going to journal or we're going to move and then I'm going to pull some Oracle cards and you're going to journal. It's just like, it's kind of giving like a bite without it being so overwhelming that someone reads the flyer and they're like, um, no. So I care a lot about creating experiences like that where people can get a taste of it. And then I always say, experience it fully. And if it's not for you, it's okay. And maybe it's not for you right now. And that's okay. So there are lots of people doing this now, like yoga plus this, or, you know, this plus that. And that's where I invite people to start is something that feels familiar, but maybe a little edgy for them, or maybe a little bit not anxiety inducing by any means, but something that they'd be like, oh, well, I think I could do the yoga part. So maybe I could try the other part and then be open to experience that. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people too, who, for example, are practicing yoga now or different practices where maybe a few years ago they thought oh I would never try that or that's not me and so like you said you just have to be patient with yourself and take it day by day and see what works for you in that moment I also agree with the whole idea of nature and sometimes just being alone and not doing anything is an answer you know we want to distract ourselves we think you know all the self-help books or these classes are the answers to everything, which they can be great tools. But if we don't do that inner work, then nothing else can really help us. Nothing, we can't depend on anything else, like you said. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like we end up using, that's what, I, like I was mentioning before, like it's easy to, all these wellness events, products, things like that, we can become just as addicted to them or use them as a numbing tool, right? So it's like, I just had a stressful day at work, so I'm going to tune out of what I feel in my yoga or bar class. 
And then the minute you just like, oh, I have all the good feels. And then we walk out the door and we're honking the horn and screaming at people within five minutes. So all that saying is that's an invitation for some reflection. Are we using the experiences that we have as really allowing us to transmute stress, letting energy release, things like that? Or are we kind of like using it to numb and forget for a minute, but then as soon as we walk out the door, all those same stressors are there. So I completely agree that, you know, being reflective about our needs and maybe it is simply like lying on the couch, like just breathing, it can be just as healing as, you know, a retreat in Bali, you know? And for a lot of people, we with barriers to go to retreats like that there are thought processes that say oh my gosh I'll never be well because we don't have access to certain things and I think that's fundamentally untrue and I think as teachers facilitators healers it's our responsibility also to offer experiences and teach people that they have the tools like they don't need us for the rest of their li- their lives in order to find their center, to be grounded, to to be well, and to know like we'd started the, the beginning of the interview, like it's a journey. Like it will take the entire lifetime to learn and to grow and we'll keep changing. Like I know in 10 years, I'm likely to be doing something that different than I am now. And interests will change because naturally, you know, I've changed, you've changed, mm-hmm. we've all changed. Exactly. And that's a great thing. And so I really do believe that our most authentic self is forever evolving. You know, this whole show is about living your most authentic life and being authentically you. But my authentic self is different than who I was yesterday. And it's going to be different tomorrow. And that's the beautiful part of it. And so I want to ask you, what does living your most authentic life mean to you? I love it. First, it requires self-awareness. So you know yourself. We hear a lot about live your best life, live your authentic life, and it requires knowing yourself so that you can choose how to live, to live in alignment with what you love and what you hold to be dear to you. And so for me, the process of self-discovery and learning who you are And being completely open to the idea that that you, like we just talked about, is going to change continuously throughout your entire life. That awareness is critical to living your authentic life. Also, being witness to the parts of yourself that you may not like, that may be parts of your shadow, areas that you're healing, fully acknowledging those parts of yourself as very much as part a part of you and as much as all the wonderful attributes and things that you love really witnessing those other parts and acknowledging them is part of living an authentic life and being committed to knowing that we're all perfectly imperfect and we're all be forever healing and becoming whole <laughs> right we don't just wake up one day We are all naturally whole beings, but we're on this path to integrating and staying really true to all, like I said, all the varying parts of you. So there's, of course, the parts that are healing that sometimes we can feel ashamed to say, like it can be vulnerable to say, hey, like sometimes, like I said, I mentioned, like I'm afraid to put myself out there. Um, 
because there's varying parts of myself that I don't know how to explain in a way that can be put in a box for people to understand. That's okay for me to live authentically. I still need to live and honor all those parts of myself, even if they don't make sense to other people. So being willing to live in alignment with all the varying things like I love dancing till 3 a.m. I love dance music. I love meditation. I love breath work. I love kale. I love smoothies, but I also love chocolate. I love, I mean, it's like there's so many aspects to myself. I love deep conversations. I love giggling till I can't, like my stomach hurts. I'm sassy, but I'm also really serious and like loving. There's just like so many aspects. And so if we're afraid to live and embody all of those various parts of ourselves, it's impossible to live an authentic life. So it's having the courage to put yourself, and I haven't figured it out completely, So, but I know this should be true in my heart, uh, how to really honor all those parts of yourself and not hold back in living it and loving it. And being open to, as you learn and grow, there may be, several belief systems that will become obsolete and maybe even parts of yourself, relationships, old ways of being that no longer work for you. They just don't jive and being willing to lovingly let those parts, those people, relationships, experiences go in order to make space for the new authentic expression of yourself, which again will be encompassing and embodying and embracing all the various parts of you at that moment. But you're forever unfolding and you're forever becoming. So there's, it's like water flowing down a river. You will consistently be changing. And I think as humans, we don't like that so much. So <laughs> it can feel like, who am I now? I, I don't know myself and I'm losing these people and all these people are leaving my life and I'm trying to express myself, but no, who's listening? I'm not being seen. We can really come up against a lot of fear. And so to me, to fully live in authenticity, you're showing up anyway. You're speaking it anyway. Mm-hmm. And you're asking for help to speak that truth and support from your community. So to lift you up when you're feeling sad um living authentically requires community also other people to hold you up and to keep you speaking your truth when you know life inevitably gets hard Mm -hmm. that's so beautifully said thank you i completely agree you know we're going to lose people in our lives we may lose parts of ourselves and that's okay that's the part of evolving and you know if we don't want to change or grow then we can stay the same like we can live that kind of boring life and just try to please everyone but If we want to be authentic to ourselves, we're definitely, you know, we're going to hurt people unintentionally. We're going to lose parts of ourselves we're used to, and that's uncomfortable. And so to embrace that, to embrace the unknown and to be okay with that challenge. What's coming up next for you and your work and where can listeners give you follow and visit the studio? Yes. So, well, first I'll do that, the last part. So, um, Relevate is located in the UTC La Jolla area of San Diego. So, right in central San Diego. And you can find us at on Instagram at Relevate, R E L E V A T E. So, Elevate with an R, dot life. Um, same on Facebook. And the website is Relevate dot life. 
Uh, everyone's welcome. We offer bar classes, Pilates classes, um, Reiki energy healing. I do a lot of collaborative events with wonderful facilitators from yoga, breathwork, energy healing world. So there's a lot of wonderful event mashups coming up in 2020. And that's really honestly where I'm going. Uh, I'm big on creating community. Community is something that I find to be so important because we live in a time where we feel really connected <laughs> with other people through the computer, through social media, but that ability to truly express ourselves and be seen can sometimes get lost in that. So I really care about creating in-person experiences that allow us to be together, to move, to breathe, to embrace, to look each other in the eyes and to really celebrate you know, humanity being together. So in 2020, that's really what I'm focused on is collaborating with people from different, well, let's say genres of movement, wellness, like for example, I'm collaborating with breathwork facilitators to do movement and breathwork um, experiences or, you know, other energy healers to bring in their special sauce of energy work with movement, or that's really where I'm going with the Relevate space. And also, beginning to teach teachers um, you know about creating community how can you really create a supportive environment for your movers for the people who come to you that we're messaging body positivity we're messaging empowerment we're messaging about how to take care of yourself rather than you know like well, you must work hard every class. You must do 10 more. Like, give me 10 more planks. You know, it's meeting people where they are. So I'm really caring a lot about teaching facilitators how to create that kind of welcoming space because I feel like it's what we need at this time. And yeah, mo mostly that. Of course, I teach so many classes every week between bar Pilates, Pilates privates, and Reiki work. Um, but my hope is to bring you know, Relevate out in across the country. I'm traveling to Switzerland next year to teach, which will be really fun. And yeah, just and just spreading more connection and positivity and doing these energy work slash movement mashups to begin introducing um, energy work to the rest of the world. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here, Shannon, and for spreading such an incredible message and for what you do. Next time I'm in San Diego, I'll definitely come visit and take a class. I would love to. It sounds so. Would <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here, and I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you. Such an honor. I hope you learned a lot from that interview with Shannon. I hope you found some practices that work for you. Please let me know. Please let Shannon know. If you're around the San Diego area or if you're ever going to visit, you should definitely check out Relevate. I'm hoping to next time I'm in San Diego. It's a bar and Pilates studio and Shannon explains how she incorporates a lot of spirituality into those classes. I hope you're able to expand your knowledge. And if you did, you can let her know at Shannon.Werner on Instagram. And you can also follow at Relevate.Life on Instagram to learn more about Shannon and the work that she does. If you'd like to stay up to date with the show, you can follow the Instagram for the podcast at Trust and Thrive or my main Instagram at Tara.Mont. So thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm just very excited about this year. I feel like there are so many great guests coming on the show, so many topics I'm excited to explore and share with you all. So please let me know what you've been enjoying. I always want to hear feedback from you. And if 
you want to leave a review on Apple iTunes, that would mean the absolute world. You can leave a star rating or a review and that would help so much. So thank you in advance. Thank you for being here. And with that said, I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday.